At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking live at Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN Primetime. Hour two of VSIN Primetime presented by BetMGM on a glorious football Friday. Divisional round weekend is upon us. Less than 24 hours from now, we'll all be watching Arrowhead Stadium. And the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. That gentleman is Sean King. He's played in this round before. He's also won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm Tim Murray. And it is our pleasure to bring in a man who covers the Cincinnati Bengals, Charlie Goldsmith from the Cincinnati Inquirer. Follow him on Twitter, at Charlie G, double underscore, underscore, underscore. Charlie, let's start with the obvious, officially, Ruled out today, Jonah Williams and Alex Kappa both dealt with injuries. Alex Kappa didn't play last week. Jonah Williams gets hurt during the game last week. How do the Bengals overcome three starting offensive linemen being sidelined against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday? It's about as much as it's about as much adversity as you could throw at the offense right now. For stretches in November and December, they were living and dying by an unbelievable passing game that had a bunch of deep drop-back passes. Burrow was progressing to his third, fourth, fifth read for huge dynamic plays. You have to scrap that. You have to take on a completely different style of identity. You have to really test the way that the coaching staff has evolved and improved as play callers, as play designers. You have to really trust Burrow's ability and the huge leaps that he's made with his work in the pocket, what he can do to avoid sacks himself getting rid of the ball quickly, 
uh, jumping away from pressure. The Bengals have to do all those things as well as they ever have before with now three offensive linemen out. You know, I'm of the belief, Charlie, that I don't think we're going to see a conservative game plan. I think we're going to see the deep dropbacks, the down the field throws, because although the offensive line of the Bengals is a weakness, the defensive line of the Bills, that's not their strength. Now that Vaughn Miller is out, I think their lead in sacker was Gregory Russo, who had like eight on the season. So it's not like last week where you're playing the Ravens and you know they got four guys that can get to the quarterback and Roquan's in the A-gap and he's blitzing. I just think the Bengals are going to have success against this Bills defense in spite of the injuries. So that's a really great point. Something they've really thrived with this season are two things. Really quick, deep shots to T. To T Higgins and back shoulder throws down the sideline to Jamar Chase. Those have been huge pieces of the game plan um, throughout, the, throughout the whole course of the season whenever the Bengals have been facing elite pass rushers. And, you know, now you're not facing an elite pass rusher, but you do expect them to have the advantage up front. So you still have those designed ways to still create explosive plays but balance that with getting rid of the ball quickly. And the sense that I get are, you know, those contested catches to tee and those back shoulder throws for 15 to 20 yards to chase, that's their best way they think to balance the uh, situation they're in. Uh, do me a favor, and when you see my guy Zach Carter, make sure you tell him I said hello. Him and Mitchell Wilcox, two of my kids from down there in Tampa. Speaking of defensive lines, one of the reasons that I am hesitant to – just con- to be as vocal as I was before, and I was mentioning this to Tim, Charlie, it's not the offensive line injuries. It's the fact that Hendrickson and Hubbard and that defensive line, they haven't been as efficient and dominant rushing the quarterback as they were last year. What's the reason for that? Are they playing more conservative on defense? Are guys just not getting home as often as they were? In your opinion, what's going on with that defensive front in Cincy? The number one thing I would say probably is they're being less aggressive, you know, blitzing, they're being less aggressive, attacking. In that way, they have done a ton of drop, or a drop eight, rush three. And in those formations, you're naturally going to get fewer stacks as a whole. But, you know, Hendrickson's pressure numbers have never been higher. Yes, the coaches, they say he's having an even greater impact on the game than he did last year. Tim Hubbard's having statistically a career year as a pass rusher. Their three-tech, B.J. Hill, is having statistically a career year as a pass rusher as well, an upgrade over what they had last year. And that spot next to him has been a rotation with some, some young guys, plus, you know, D.J. Reader, who they try to balance run versus pass snaps as well. They've still tried to, to find their best third-down defensive line for pass rush situations. It's not the, the biggest strength of the entire defense, but I think it's been a really solid unit overall. We're talking once again to Charlie Goldsmith from the Cincinnati Inquirer. Bengals visiting the Buffalo Bills on Sunday, a 3 p.m. Eastern kickoff. Right now, the Bengals a five-and-a-half-point underdog against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Trey Flowers listed as doubtful. So you look at the secondary. Uh, I know Cam uh, Taylor-Britt looks like you know he's going to be a go uh, at one corner, and Eli Apple, who might still be searching for his jockstrap from that uh, double move uh, that he fell for last weekend Charlie so uh, the worries and questions about the secondary going up certainly a much more potent passing game than what the Bengals faced last weekend that's line one on that side of the ball how do you stop Stephon Diggs and really just like it's a lot on the coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo statistically and the numbers back this up is one of the best people on the defensive side in the entire NFL 
at coming up with game plans that take away your number one option. Look at what he's done against Travis Kelsey, again, uh, Tyreek Hill. You have a, a lot of guys who have come up over the years, or a lot of the star receivers the Bengals have faced, and the way they disguise coverages, the way they attack double teams, that's really helped. Now, the Bengals are also one of the worst teams in the league against number two and three receivers, so that does have a bit of a trade-off. But my expectation is they try to give Apple or Taylor Britt whichever one of them is guarding Diggs, as much help as possible, and then daring one of the other guys to beat you. Yeah, I hope uh, Britt's feeling better because I've never seen a player try and avoid contact more than he did in that Ravens game. So I hope it was because he was injured, Charlie. Taylor Britt's healthy, and I'll say this. I was talking to him about this the other day. He uh, has had, you know, after multiple games this season, guys on the other team's offense come up to me and say, you tackle as hard as any cornerback in the NFL. Like, he, he had a great tackle on Mark Andrews uh, when, when Andrews tried to carry the ball on a fourth down. Derrick Henry has a few uh, memories that Cam Taylor Britt got with him. His biggest strength is his tackling overall. He's still improving with his just his feel overall in coverage with the intricacies uh, that all the star wide receivers post. Talking once again to Charlie Goldsmith, Cincinnati Bengals beat reporter for the Cincinnati Inquirer. Um, Thinking back to last year, I mean, this is a team that, of course, made the improbable run uh, to the Super Bowl and come up uh, a field goal shy of uh, of hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. When you think of what they were able to gain last year, Charlie, how beneficial is that for this Bengals team who, once again, you think back to last year down in Tennessee, Joe Burrow gets beat up every possible way. The defense steps up, makes Ryan Tannehill, you know, throw some terrible interceptions, and they prevail down there in Tennessee. How much do you take last year's run to the postseason, uh, to the Super Bowl, excuse me, and kind of spin it to this year and say they're ready to go, you know, with a, with a daunting challenge ahead of them in Buffalo? Last year's run to the Super Bowl certainly doesn't hurt, but the reason that last year's run was, you know, one of the most striking things about that was how normal it felt to the players in the building. Now it was a system shock to the entire NFL and to the whole city of Cincinnati that hadn't seen a playoff win in decades. But look at the players the Bengals have. Burrow, Mixon, Chase, Higgins, their left tackle, Jonah Williams. All those guys played for teams that played for national championships in college. You look at the defensive side of the ball. The Bengals signed free agents who played for teams that were great in the last half of the 2010s. Some great Texans teams, some great Saints teams, Cowboys. Steelers, the Bengals already had a lot of winners in the building. So when you put them onto that stage last year, they won. When you put them onto that stage this year, they won again. They keep coming up with these clutch plays and these huge playoff moments. And that has a lot to do with the identity of the guys they built this team around in the first place. You know, Charlie, I don't know a lot of the uh, Bengals players personally. Most of them are younger than me, of course. (laughs) (laughs) All of them. But but I want to ask you a question about uh, Joe Mixon. Because uh, mm-hmm. you're watching the broadcast, and you know it's it's common knowledge that Samaj Perine, Perine, am I saying it correctly? The last name Perine. Perine is a much better pass protector than Joe Mixon. How does Joe take that? Does he take that personally and want to improve, or is he just like, okay, cool, let him pass block, and I just run and catch? Joe Mixon's improved. He's gotten more opportunities on third downs. I wouldn't still say he's a good pass protector. Heck, there was a moment in the Baltimore game where Mixon lost a block against Patrick Queen, and Patrick Queen got a sack. That is a weakness in Mixon's game. That is a big reason that P. Ryan snaps really have, you know, he became the third down two-minute guy last year. 
and this year his snaps have accelerated even more. It is very situational, but then obviously there are things that Mixon's a lot better at than Pirine. And since he's a much more elusive runner with more of a big play threat, and since Mixon's a really underrated receiver as well who can run routes out of the backfield, that's kept him as the RB1 in Cincinnati, even though Pirine is way more valuable in pass protection. All right, Charlie, before we let you run, how do you see Sunday playing out in Buffalo? You know, I think we're going to see 10, 15 more of these Burrow versus Allen in the playoffs over the next decade or two. I look forward to watching them. I think the Bengals have a, a few too, too many, you know, you know, we talked about the cornerbacks, we talked about the offensive line, a few too, areas, or a few too many areas in Buffalo's favor. I think it will come down to a late play like these games always do, but I see Buffalo coming out 31-30 to 30 at the end. 31-30. to 30. Woo! Man, that would be uh... – That'd be a barn burner. Hey, Charlie, great, great stuff, stuff, man. Charlie. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. There he is. Charlie Goldsmith covers the Cincinnati Bengals for hey, the Cincinnati just play the Inquirer. Over, then. And don't worry about who wins. Just play the over. By the way, my money line parlay would uh that would be wonderful. No no worries at all if it ends up thirty one to thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be sweating it out. Whew. Whew. I think I'm gonna take the over in every game. That's what I'm thinking. Yesterday it was I'm gonna take the dog in every game. You got I think I'm gonna take over and dog in every over game. Over and dog yeah. every game. But you already said you like San Francisco. I do. <laughs> At some point throughout the week, Sean will state a case for every side of the total. That way, when we play the clips back next week, <laughs> I can't help but be right. <laughs> That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. It is Veasan Prime Time. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. 
But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visa, visit vsin.com to check out current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? Betting Splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes, so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can, not, you can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting Splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. Thank you, as always, to our guests who have joined us. Uh, it's been a great start to the show. Rod Woodson stopped on by in studio in the first hour. We chatted with Stucky, got his thoughts on Divisional Round Weekend. We just heard from Charlie Goldsmith, uh, the Bengals beat reporter, as once again, the Bengals without three starting offensive linemen. Now, they've been without two of them the last couple of weeks, uh, but Jonah Williams officially ruled out today. So your lines currently sit. Kansas City, a nine-point favorite at most shops with a total of 53. Eagles, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite with a total of 48. Buffalo laying five-and-a-half, total of 49. And then San Francisco and Dallas, a a spread of four and a total of 46 and a half. Dallas and San Francisco, Sean, this game is is really interesting to me. Uh, obviously, all these games are. Um, but this being of the four games, the shortest spread, so in the eyes of odds makers, the most the the closest game uh they anticipate. Uh this was from John Ewing seven hours ago, but odds uh, or bets from BetMGM, 69% of them on the 49ers, 62% of the money 
on the Niners. 65% of the bets, 69% of the money on the over. Uh, I do like the 49ers. I'm not crazy about laying four. We did see an uptick in this number from three and a half to four from yesterday to today. You do like the 49ers. Why are you intrigued by the Niners on Sunday? I think they're the most talented team from top to bottom. I think... Including the quarterback? Well, yeah. I mean, up to this point, he's proven to be capable. I'm just, I'm just, yeah. just yeah. asking a question. Yeah, he's proven to be capable. And it's such a different dynamic for Dallas because they go from a guy who's playing with ankle weights on and Tom Brady to a guy in Brock Purdy that's really good at extending plays, moving around, you know, in the pocket. They went from a team in Tampa who's extremely one-dimensional, threw the ball 60-plus times because they cannot run the ball, to a team that has a dominant run game in San Francisco. So I just think this is such a different uh, level of competition as far as where these two teams are. And I've mentioned the last three weeks, San Francisco has not been elite on defense. So you know they have a lockdown, shutdown, dominant defensive performance coming. I think we're going to see it this weekend. You know, betters are very reactionary as we're seeing with this Giants uh, betting splits that we've seen. And once again, we'll get another odds maker's perspective. Don't just, you know, all betting splits aren't made equal. You mm -hmm. know, we, we just told you John Ewing over at BetMGM. We talked to Carl Johnson down at the Beau Rivage. We'll talk to Chris Andrews in the third hour of the show from the South Point here in Las Vegas. So, you know, different books might be getting different action. But overall, a lot of it is kind of similar sentiment. When it comes to the Cowboys, it's interesting because they looked the part on Monday, right? They, mm -hmm. they looked great. Uh, that you know, And they were a team, Sean, you and I, when we were doing our top five rankings throughout the season, you and I both had the Cowboys fourth, fifth, probably first half of the year just because of what they've got on defense and, and, the, and the possibilities of that offense. But now it, it, it feels almost like Maybe everyone's now fallen back in love with the Cowboys, but the betting splits, at least the ones we heard, would, would tell you the difference. I do think that the 49ers offense, yes, Brock Purdy, could be due for said stinker, but maybe he showed that in, in the beginning of the Seattle game. TBD. Christian McCaffrey exists. Debo Samuel exists. Uh, George Kittle exists. I mean, they got... So many dudes out there. Brandon Ayuk exists. Can the Cowboys defense with a stud in Micah Parsons, but also Trent Williams is arguably the best offensive lineman in the NFL, so he's going to be tasked with the challenge of, not at all the times, but a lot of the times, blocking Micah Parsons. Is that a push? Is that an advantage San Francisco? You know, does Trent Williams' stability, Sean, on the left side help nullify the exceptional play of Micah Parsons. Oh, I think schematically what Shanahan does neuters the opposing team's pass rush in a lot of ways because they have so much movement. They throw so many screens. They run so many gap scheme runs. They run outside zone. Like, they do so much. Very rarely is a defensive end just in a true track, track stance. I know they're drop back passing. Let me get up the field and get the quarterback. So... Shanahan does a great job of minimizing those situations. You know, for me, this game's going to revolve around one thing, Tim. Dak Prescott against the Bucs ran the ball seven times for 24 yards and a touchdown. If he's using his legs early to extend series, to pick up first downs, I think Dallas has a shot. If he's just going to try and stay in the pocket and, and 
you know, be this pocket quarterback against San Francisco where, you know, uh, Bosa and those guys can kind of zero in on where he's at, I think they're going to struggle. Shanahan versus Quinn. Coached mm-hmm. together yep. in Atlanta. Very familiar Kyle with Kyle Shanahan was his de- offensive coordinator, Dan Quinn's offensive coordinator in Atlanta when they went to the Super Bowl. Is there an edge one way or the other? Kyle Shanahan knowing Dan Quinn's? No, nah, because... Or Quinn knowing Shanahan? No, nah, I mean, defensively, you know where the guys are at. At this point in the season, like, defensive coordinators have tendencies. I mean, you know where they're going to be. It's, not, it's about Jimmy's and Joe's. Can they make the plays? Uh... Because of how talented and deep the 49ers are on offense, it's hard to really get a bead on Shanahan because he can do it from so many different presentations. I mean, he can go three tight ends. You know, he can go two fullbacks. He can go five wide receivers. Like, there's so many different, you know, personnel groups he can use because they're talented and deep on offense. Like, so it's hard to really put a bead on, you know, San Francisco and, and their game plan from week to week. All right, um, we're going to talk to Jared Smith coming up here at the bottom of the hour. A game Jay that Smeezy. a game that we haven't really hit on all that much is the. Before you say that, can I say something? This this Villanova St. John's game. This is another uh, thirty and over YMCA game. This is terrible <laughs> basketball. Can we please get this off of the main TV? I may or may not have taken a little on Villanova plus uh, the four. Yeah, I just I don't want. Which have was to, a bad number because yeah. it closed four and a half. I just don't want to have to watch it. This is terrible. It's basketball. not pretty. I mean, terrible. It's not pretty. Come on, Villanova. Find channel your 2022 Villanova, not the 2023 Villanova. Um, Jacksonville, Kansas City. We've seen this number start to creep up, Sean. It's now at some shops at nine and a half. Still nines out there, but all the eight and a halves have been scooped up. And, you know, we'll talk to Chris Andrews, as I mentioned, about was a reason that those numbers were scooped up because of teaser liability, where you could tease them down from eight and a half down to two and a half earlier in the week. You and I, I'm intrigued by Jacksonville. I personally haven't made a play on Jacksonville yet, but I, I'm certainly intrigued by the prospects of Doug Peterson in another role as an underdog. You know, he knows Andy Reid quite well. And Trevor Lawrence, man, he he's been you know, that second half was was pretty darn impressive. They got playmakers. You know, as you said yesterday, we all laughed at Shad Khan and Trent Baalke with the decisions they made, but a lot of them have paid some significant dividends yeah. for the Jags. And I called it, what, youthful exuberance. They're going in confident. You can't tell Jacksonville and that crew they shouldn't be favored in this game. Now, here's the one thing that I just can't place my finger on. Jacksonville has spells where they kind of just go on a lull. And against a team like Kansas City, like, that's a bad trait to have. You know, because Mahomes and them, if you let them get up 27, you're not catching up. So although I think Jacksonville is going to make a good account of themselves, I still think this is a game that's going to be teetering on that number. You know, Jacksonville is going to be up 14 with six minutes to go. I mean, uh, Kansas City is going to be up – uh, 14 with six minutes to go, but Jacksonville has the ball. You know, one of those kind of things, you know. So I'm probably going to stay away from this game unless I decide to use it in a teaser. I don't think I'm going to play it straight up. So of the two north of one touchdown dog on Saturday, you got the Giants at the Eagles, Jags at the Chiefs. Who is, in your eyes, the liveliest of the two? Giants. Why? 
division game, much more familiarity with what they're going up against. They've already played them twice, so nothing's going to surprise them. Like, I know Jacksonville played Kansas City once, but that's not a, a, a competition that happens. 27-17, yeah. yeah, way back when. Yeah, that's not a competition that happens that often. Like, uh, I, I, I just – I think the Giants, I think Brian Daybow, even though uh, Peterson, man, 6-0 and against the spread in the playoffs as a dog, 5-1 and straight up in those six games. So, Trevor Lawrence never lost on a Saturday in his life. So <laughs> <laughs> That stat needs to go away. Yeah, yeah. I don't care if the Jaguars <laughs> do win. That stat needs to go away. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. We check in with Jared Smith next. Get his thoughts on Division Around Weekend. VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on football's big game, the VSIN experts, they've got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VSIN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests, tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and bets are moving every game. Deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where our experts break down brackets, best bets, and all the big game props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for only $9.99 and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Once again, that's VSIN.com slash subscribe. Alongside can, can, can Sean, I, can, I, can I can I say something? Can I introduce you first? Yeah. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. It is Vison Prime Time. What would you like to say, Sean? Can they please get Villanova St. John's off the TV? What would you prefer? It is twelve to twelve, and they're almost to halftime. You know what? Twelve to twelve is a wonderful. This is score. like a, a fifty and over rec game in your local YMCA. This is awful. Well, last year you got yourself into a whole lot of trouble talking smack about Villanova, and they went on to the Final Four. They didn't win it. Well, you said they would be, what, a, a seven seed? <laughs> that wasn't one of my better days. <laughs> that was not my Villanova Wildcats. Uh, they are not the same team this year. I will give you that. And they are not pretty. But I did take them plus four tonight. So come on, Wildcats. Let's get it done. All right, let's bring in our next guest. You can find him on Twitter, at Jared Lee Smith. Uh, you can catch him on a number of different entities, including every once in a while hanging out with our good friend Brad Evans on Live on the Line. Yeah, look at you there, Jared. Uh, and you, you know, catch him on our show uh, each and every week as well. Uh, Jared, I don't know what... How do you want to play this? Do we want to go in order? What do we want? We've done a lot of chronological order. You want to go in order? Let's let, let's let Sean decide because clearly you just hurt his feelings about the Villanova I forgot about that Villanova take last year, but now that you reminded me. They do suck this you, you year. Know, I, I will say that. I'll, They're terrible I'll, this I'll year. I'll say this. I'm I'm wrong so little. <laughs> he can remember <laughs> those <laughs> few times. So so I take it as I wear it as a badge of honor, Jared. Let's just That's go in, let's just go in chronological fair. order. Tomorrow, first game, Jaguars, Chiefs. How do we make money? So from a betting angle perspective, it does look like the books are finally um wising up to the teaser liability and everyone knows it, it wasn't a, a rocket scientist to decide that chiefs to eagles was going to be the most popular teaser leg of the week well now it's probably not as popular now that we're approaching nine and a half in fact i think at nine even it doesn't offer as much value nine and a half forget about it 
So we have to look in a different direction. And if you still feel bold enough to lay it with the Chiefs, I certainly can see some angles where they run away and hide in this game. But I also understand the angle that, listen, Kansas City, the Mahomes tax has been pretty expensive over the last few years. I believe they're 10-18-1 and when favored over a touchdown. So against the number, not something you want to do. But if you look at the prop market, I can see a couple of angles I like, especially the Chiefs pass catchers. And it's kind of funny. Kansas City covered the number. They won by 10 back in week 10, despite being a minus three, really like a minus two and a half, two turnovers and then the surprise onside kick. So despite that, though, Mahomes still threw for over 300 yards and the Chiefs gained almost 500. So they weren't pushed in that game. I, I think they feel pretty comfortable offensively. And the Jags against tight ends and over the middle has been the bugaboo. 32nd in DVOA guarding tight ends this year. Travis Kelsey should have a field day. Gerald Everett did last week. And then over the middle, they're 30th in guarding receivers in that middle third. So I really like the Juju Smith angle. I like the Kelsey angle. If you're brave enough to lay it with the Chiefs, probably going to be sweating it out at some point. But I do not see a path to Jacksonville winning this game. Ja, Kansas City, to your point about the tax, 6-10-1 just just ATS this year. Uh, so it is, they have been inflated. They haven't been great at covering the number. And you're sitting there at nine, but you know, the market is starting to back Kansas City just a little bit, right? I know you're what I'm doing. Open eight and a half. What are you doing? Teasing Jacksonville up to 15, baby. Oh, you're adding that to your un. Uh, un yep. <laughs> so. Just go on to the next game, man. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm not done with this game yet. We got we get to hang out. Uh, we get to hang oh, out. Oh, that's with, right. We get him for two seconds. Yeah, we get okay. to hang out with Jared for a little bit. I got a can't miss oh, teaser. Oh God, Almighty! He, he's is, is all this up a, in arms because mathematically, no, 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 it I'm, doesn't no, like no, adhere stop. to the normal no. normal teaser. I don't care guidelines. I don't care what people do with their bets. I, I really don't. So I teased but, up but the Giants stop. at thirteen can I, and a half. Can I preface this? I teased up the Bengals to. 11 and a half. I took the total like in Niners Cowboys down to 40 and took the over. So the reason, and this is, you know, one of his minions on Twitter was like, why are you being so mean to Sean? I said, because he said, I have a can't miss teaser, which you should never yeah. preface anything like that. And then he said, well, what's wrong? And then I told him the math behind it and he didn't want to hear it. And also he did not place one teaser all last year, Jared. His first teaser of the year was a four-leg teaser last week in which he included the Buffalo Bills to six and a half, which I told him not to do. So, I, I don't know. It didn't know. matter. I could have teased him down to three and a half. It wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, because you put your, well, the four Bs. Plus, I, the had, four Bs. plus I had the Bucks up to eight and a half, and that never had a shot. So, that's why. No, I, people I do whatever you want with your bets. It's your money, but when you come on and you had the bravado to say it's a can't miss teaser well that's how i feel about it well congratulations i'm you know you also thought that you know tom brady who's 107 years old brady. was going to lead i got brady oh even even up to kickoff jared he, oh he, he looks showed great. up in the all black he's jared. looking good i was like oh yeah look yeah. at he, those cheap he about to put a performance on tonight baby he was yelling he was great for that red zone interception that was fantastic oh that I, was that was terrible. And, and he missed a ton I, I mean again not to get too nerdy or analytical but the the completion percentage over expectation for tom was one of his worst of the year which tells me he was missing wide open receivers let me let me say this jared if Tom Brady had gotten injured in the last game of the regular season and this was Blaine Gabbert at quarterback and the game happened the exact same way, there would not be any narrative but this. Blaine Gabbert failed. He played terrible. 
missing open guys, bad red zone interception. But because it's Brady, now all of a sudden it's Byron Leftwich. Scheme was terrible. Bucks can't run the ball. Like, come on. I think it's fa- I think the criticism on Byron has been fair because the scheme all year has been backwards. Like the the splits have been really poor with what Tampa's done early down throwing it compared to running it. They're wildly more successful when they throw it on early downs, but their rate of throwing it on early downs is significantly below what the league average is. So it it made no sense, right? Sean, like they're good at doing something, but Byron decided not to do it. Now, a lot of it could be Tom checking at the line of scrimmage. That is fair. I don't know the ins and outs of every single play that's been called and whether or not Tom got in or out of an early down run. But overall, big picture, somebody's got to take the blame for what was a very underachieving season for a team that has Super Bowl talent. And when you look directly at the offense, that is the one thing that I can identify. When they decided to be aggressive, when they went hurry up, when they threw it on early downs, they had a ton of success, more success than most teams in the NFL did, but they just didn't do it enough. And that is kind of on the coaching staff. But I, I do agree. Tom obviously is going to get a free pass because of all of the of the success he's had. And Byron is the easy target in that situation. And I just feel bad for Byron because he is the same guy that coordinated the team two years ago when they won the Super Bowl. Very he's fair. the same guy that coordinated the team last year who beat Philly first round of playoffs and came all the way back against the eventual champion Rams. So I just – well, you forget how to coordinate. Much did Bruce Arians have an impact, though, in that, in that mean, offense when, when, when Byron, they won? Byron Leftwich coordinated Jameis Winston to 5,000 yards passing and 40 touchdowns. I mean, and so, 40 interceptions. Right. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> what it is, what it is. All right, moving on. Um, second game on this late tomorrow. Uh, one of the greatest stories we've had in the NFL in a long time, the New York Giants, in my opinion, you know, especially with the injuries at wide receiver. To be sitting here right now – I mean, with basically a makeshift group, hats off to Brian Dable. I really hope he wins NFL Coach of the Year. What chances do you give the G-Men to continue their season with an upset in Philly? I think if we start this game and in the first 15 that that Nick Sirianni scripts, we don't see at least one designed run for Jalen Hurts. I think that's a very bearish signal on his overall health because that is the weapon. That is the ability for them to separate in this game is his legs. And I don't know how healthy he is. He didn't play well two weeks ago. This will only be his second game and I think a five- or six-week stretch. So rust could certainly be a factor. But then you also have to seriously ask the question, how much can he actually heal from his injury in just a two-week period? I'm guessing even if he is feeling better, it's not 100%. But is it enough for him to still be effective with his legs? On the other side, you're 100% right. Brian Dable deserves to be the coach of the year. What he's been able to do with this offense is remarkable. Very different animal this week. Now, Mm -hmm. Jonathan Gannon likes to play a lot of, you know, soft coverage, similar to what the Vikings do. But if I have Bradbury and Slay going up against Hodgins, Slayton, and James, I'm playing press coverage, man up, right in their face, and I'm making Daniel Jones beat me in other ways and not just giving him the five-yard dink and dunks because the yak yardage is not going to be there, I think, for this Giants uh, receiving group. So I'm being very aggressive if I'm Jonathan Gannon, and I'm hoping that Jalen Hurts is healthy enough to, to shoulder the load, unintended because that's where I think the Eagles have an edge in this game. That's Jared Smith. You can follow him on Twitter, at Jared Lee Smith. You'll hang off with us for one more segment. Talk the Sunday games of Divisional Weekend. It is VSIN Primetime.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time I make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM reward points that you can use 
that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM reward points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program, including exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager with BetMGM. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today to take advantage of BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. It is VSIN primetime. Divisional round weekend is upon us. Gets rolling on Saturday. And we're joined by Jared Smith, at Jared Lee Smith on Twitter. Joins us uh, each and every week and get his breakdowns of uh, the NFL card. So let's uh, take a look at Sunday. And Cincinnati, at some books, not all, but some books, is the most popular side of the weekend. Wow. Bet MGM, not the most popular, but still 66% of the tickets as reported earlier this uh, today uh, on Cincinnati, despite the fact that they have a handful of injuries on the offensive line. I am on the Bills paired with the Philly, Philadelphia Eagles on a money line parlay, so that is what I'm rolling with. I do think the Bills win. I actually think the Bills probably cover, but you know, five and a half is a decent amount of points. How do you break this one down, Jared, and is there a play that you have on Bengals and Bills. I, I like your money line parlay, actually. I, I think the Eagles, obviously, now with the Chiefs kind of getting blasted through that teaser number, obviously, Eagles are going to be one of the more popular teasers for people that haven't gotten to the teaser window yet. I think you could tease Cincinnati up through seven and 10. The total's dropping a little bit, but obviously, the offensive line concerns are, are a concern, frankly. And when you look at their offensive line, it's pretty much in shambles right now. Left tackle, right tackle, both out left guard or excuse me right guard also out the left guard the backup left guard had to come in and play left tackle um over the weekend and that didn't go well either but i think joe burrows made the adjustment this year and we've talked about the sacks being an issue it was a problem last year it was a problem early in this year but joe's made the adjustment he's got the second shortest time to throw of any quarterback in the nfl not named tom brady so i i think that to me is the matchup within the matchup and this bill's pass rush not the vaunted unit that maybe Baltimore is and, and and maybe Joe has faced during this other stretch when he struggled with the pass rush. And Von Miller obviously being out is a big loss. I think Matt Milano is kind of the guy that's that's taken the reins, but you've also got multiple pressures last week from Edmonds, Johnson, Basham, Rosso, who's who's I would say the star of this unit, um, Jones and Oliver. So they they kind of do it by committee. There's not the Von Miller type that's gonna just get pressure in, in Joe's face all day long. <laughs> But when I look at this Bengals offense, 21 straight games, they haven't lost by more than a field goal when Jamar Chase is in the lineup. So maybe it's Chase, not the offensive line, that's kind of the X factor for this Bengals team. And with the Bills, it's all it's all in Josh Allen's, all his shoulders, his arm, seven big-time throws against the Dolphins. That's a season high, but three turnover-worthy plays. And I don't think he's really trusting the offensive coordinator situation that goes from Dable to Ken Dorsey. Big drop-off there probably not trusting the scheme, maybe trying to do a little bit too much. So I see a lot of volatility with this game, especially Josh Allen with the turnovers 
and Joe Burrow's offensive line. But I would be surprised if it wasn't a relatively close game, considering how cool Joe's been in this spot over the last couple of years. Bill's coming off of a game where they ended up having 65 total points scored. And that was with Skylar Thompson at quarterback for the Dolphins. I don't think the Bills are elite on defense. I think Burrow's going to have success, but I also think the Bengals are not playing at the level they were last year. Can I can I, can I talk to you into the over? Total sits at 49 currently. I, again, the, the early move on the total was down, and that surprised me. I think it opened right around 50, and my instinct was just like yours, Sean. I saw what took place between Buffalo uh, and Miami over the weekend, and then I also saw Tyler Huntley kind of toast up that Bengals secondary a little bit. And I thought, okay, now you've got Burrow and Allen in a what's going to be a very emotionally charged atmosphere in Orchard Park. Yeah, sure, I could see this maybe ticking up to that key total number of 51, the most landed on total in the NFL over the last decade or so, but it went the other way. And now we've kind of seen it stabilize a bit in the high 40s. I, I could see this being a pretty high-scoring game, but if you game script it out, if Joe Burrow is going to be very quick and decisive with his reads, maybe not pushing the ball as much down the field. And if Josh Allen's turning it over in the red zone and taking three or even seven off the board completely, that's where I struggle with a total in this game. And I, I almost think the market initial move probably was the sharp one. And I, I don't know if I would chase the total over here in this one. By the way, we're <laughs> we're watching oh, some terrible basketball. We're watching Villanova St. John's here in studio. And Sean and Sean has has been saying that this is just terrible, basketball. terrible basketball. And the end of the half had like three missed layups, and then a dude from St. John's had a wide open elbow <laughs> jumper, and it started hit off the backboard first. So. <laughs> my bad, like Jerry. This is awful, man. Outside my apartment complex here. Oh, this is awful. Oh, man. Right. Up bricks. Everybody in production hates me. I've been asking them to get this game. I bet on Villanova. Put it up top somewhere, man. <laughs> what else this do you want? Terrible. It's on your phone. You want a rerun on the NFL Network or something? <laughs> gosh. All right, let's get to uh, <laughs> Dallas, San Francisco. We're talking to Jared Smith, our good friend. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at uh, Jared Lee Smith. Always uh, sends out tweets. Uh, of his content. Um, Dallas and San Francisco, total of 46 and a half, and a spread now up to four. It was at three and a half. I, I, I never saw a three. Apparently, there were a couple threes out there. I never saw it. There were. Allegedly. Um, Very briefly, though. Yeah, so it's, up to, it's up to four now. Um, I like San Francisco, but, but I haven't laid it. Uh, Sean likes San Fran as well. Uh, popular public side, too, are the 49ers. Anything that you like... On, uh, on Sunday afternoon out in the Bay. I mean, I like the Niners too, but obviously you know me, Tim. We're kind of in the same boat. When everyone else likes something, it makes us like it a little bit less. 100%. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when you dig into the numbers, I, I think it's certainly fair to like the Niners. First of all, Dak Prescott has not gone two consecutive games all year without throwing an interception. And obviously he, he was perfect um, in the game last week against the Bucs. And I don't know if the rest factor is going to have an impact. It's probably baked into the market already. But I do think something that could have an impact is Jason Peters being out. I wouldn't expect Jason Peters uh, to be a focal point of any team here in 2022 or 2023 now. But him being out kind of shifts this offensive line around a little bit for Dallas. And we'll see what that looks like on Sunday. Also, J. Ron Kirst, their best tackling safety. He's got the second most tackles on the team. And he's got the highest pro football focused tackling grade on the Cowboys roster. He's also nicked up, and it's not a good week to be without your best tackling safety and, and, and one of your best offensive linemen. 
So that, to me, is the initial lean towards the Niners. And then you try to just break down the quarterback matchup. Brock Purdy, he had kind of one shaky drive against Seattle. It was his first drive as, as, as a playoff quarterback. I give him a pass. From that point on, he was straight nailed. And zero turnover-worthy plays. Obviously chucking it all over the yard. He's got the best offensive scheme, weaponry, perhaps in the entire NFL. So I certainly can't fault Kyle Shanahan for just putting him in the right place and letting him not make the mistake. And he hasn't made that mistake yet. His numbers under pressure, his turnover-worthy play rate actually drops when facing pressure and facing the blitz this season. And I know it's a short sample. That's certainly a fair argument. But he's also a seventh-round rookie that's played in a bunch of important games over the last six weeks, and this dude has not flinched. Meanwhile, Dak has flinched many times. So if you were going to ask me, okay, quarterback situation, slight edge to maybe Brock. Defenses, eh, kind of even. I'd give the coaching edge slightly to the Niners. Yeah, I think San Francisco's the side here. Public be darned, I, I'm, I'm going to lay it with the, with the Niners. All right, to wrap up, Jared, I know you'll dabble from time to time in the prop market. You hit on it a little Ooh. bit in the Jags game. Are Ooh. there some props that intrigue you on Sunday or Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I think game script-wise, if you really think the Eagles' defense is going to lock down and play that funnel and, and really make life difficult on Daniel Jones, I would look to, to, to his passing yards prop to the under. I think all three of his receivers, odds are two out of the three stay under. Maybe one of them sneaks over. So I would say Daniel Jones under pass yards, Hodgins, Slayton, James under receiving yards. And listen, th this is going to be a weekend with a lot of it. First of all, it's the youngest quarterback group on divisional weekend, I think, like ever. There's only one quarterback even close to the age of 30. Translation, I, I think the quarterback rushing props, especially with Josh Allen and Daniel Jones, like those guys are going to be prominent in the run game because to me, that's that's how you win in the NFL at this stage is you take, the, take that extra yard, get that extra blocker, and you make the quarterback primary ball carry. At Jared Lee Smith on Twitter, he's our guy. Jared Smith, here. always great stuff. We'll talk to you next week. Good luck, gents. There he is. Jared Smith from PicksWise. Alongside Sean King, I'm Tim Murray. Two hours done, much more to come. Stick around. It is V-CIN primetime. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. 
And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.